global economic systems are really complicated. <laughs> I have no idea what any of those leaders are dealing with. Looks rough. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Thanks for coming by for another hang. Special thanks as always to our backers on Patreon who throw us as little as a buck an episode to keep this thing afloat. If you sign up there now, you get an automatic invite to our Slack channel where you can watch all the... It's just where we organize everything that gets us into eventually having a podcast. It's where we have all kinds of fun conversations. There's a lot of stupid conversations before we get to an episode you actually hear. Stupid um, is, is equally And they're largely going on 30 at a time on Slack. And eventually something takes shape. and then So now other people have been diving in there. It's, it's kind of fun. It's nice to have a place that has lots of topics I'm interested in where I can throw links with the expectation that I'll like revisit them or that other people will talk to me about them to satisfy that urge, but then be able to move on with my day. <laughs> that's a, that's so, a great place. <laughs> <laughs> so throw us a buck an episode on Slack and you can hang out in there. Uh, otherwise, what up, man? Welcome back. We got no, there's no third voice this time. There's no guests. So. No guests today. We've been doing a lot of guest recording. So this is a, we're, we're this weekend. We don't have any guests scheduled. So it's just, just you and I. And so what's you and me recording? What's really going on is the we're creeping on the you 50th. And I. What are you talking about? Oh, the Will Smith song or the whatever? The song Which says you and I. I was singing yeah. the song earlier, but that's not proper grammar. It's me. And the song. Just you and just, me. Just, just you and I. That's artistic liberty. You're allowed. That's so we're creeping, up, we're creeping up on our 50th episode or whatever recording session will become our 50th episode creep creep, creep. And that's when it's a good time to like go on a retreat and talk about what you're doing with your life a creep retreat it's been like a three-year project or something if if for me because it'll i had be... to wrangle you for a year before you would even record anything <laughs> it'll be close to three years i think when 50th episode <laughs> airs yeah we're on um, and recording wise we're up to like we're close we've got like 47 recorded that are production ready i think right so there are a couple of topics there are there are a few topics we're starting to dig into the topics we've put off for a while interspersed in there are things that we've tried to do five or six times and you know this is the seventh (laughs) this is the seventh time we've done this topic probably no i actually looked at all the episodes that failed i bet this topic was part of them (laughs) yeah probably uh and and we've we've the tentative name in the Slack channel right now for the episode is on experts. And I feel like I'm inclined to attack it from dun, that. Dun, what if you had introduced it as I feel inclined to snuggle with it as opposed to attack it to snuggle with the topic, the topic of expert that makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> if we snuggle with it from the very beginning, perhaps uh. at the end, it will treat us nicer. <laughs> well, you're right. Okay. So you have to acknowledge the idea that there's this idea of expert and people are labeled expert and then th- th- things happen. So right? we've, but what is it that bugs you about that phenomenon? Almost? What, what, what causes problems for me and then frustrates me, uh, in, at least in conversation that we've had attempting to discuss this topic 
uh, is that there's a lot of baggage and there are a lot of caveats that come along with uh, any sort of label generally, right? That's a big problem with labeling things, but uh, they're necessary because you need to label things to categorize them to efficiently go about your day. Uh, and expert is one that is both uh, relative and uh, misused because of that relativeness uh, and and because of the, the lack of ability to confirm it. Uh, a lot of things. It's deep, man. <laughs> right? We ran into a lot of trouble trying to talk about this and wrangle it and, and attack it. So that's why we're snuggling with it today. <laughs> <laughs> you don't generally find yourself snuggling with experts. <laughs> they're, not, they're generally snuggly people, I find. Right? That, um, that, what, a, what a horrible stigma to have around that term, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so let's back off from the term, though, right? What do we, what do we need experts for and it came down to just like you were like i don't know man how else do i make a decision (laughs) yeah i mean the piece we kept coming back to is that you need that label of expert to be able to quickly ascertain if the help you're getting or the answer you're getting or the information that's being presented to you if it's good right if it's gonna actually help you or if it's not going to be correct or if it's uh, that isolates the whole thing into this like weird place where you're like in need of something and and trying to get it from another source and it's like so a, then it's a needy word expert it's it, it's a lot of baggage it puts a lot of pressure on another person too so what kind of decisions so back it up to that right experts exist because you need help making decisions just so you can keep going forward. One needs help making decisions. Shit. Yeah, one. One needs help with like making decisions. So then so then the question for me is, if you've got decisions to make, who do you listen to? Because that's the slot that experts fill, right? Never mind the expert piece and the and the like I, like I'm waving it away. I wish you could see the <laughs> frantic. I'm like, whoa. But the it's to help you make decisions. And so then my question is, okay, but then who do, who do you listen to? Well, that's where this starts to and get why? slippery and where we fell off the cliff last time. Right. Uh, because I tend to go to the internet <laughs> and then make my own decisions based on the things the internet tells me. So you listen to technological delivery methods for f- data? I like to so because you just sort of referred to what do you want to say. That too, I said that to Reddit. I said that too shortly and to get an effect, and it wasn't a fair response. I to at any point if if you're if I'm like struggling to make a decision about something, it just means that whatever it is is complicated, right? I mean, we make decisions all day, right? Like most of them are trivial, and you don't really think of them as making decisions. But if you're struggling with something. Uh, professionally or like a big decision like uh, how to buy a new car right like what are all the details around buying a new car or a new tv or something there's a lot of information and so it's very difficult you're not just making one decision you're making a whole bunch of decisions and you're 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 deciding on a bunch of things it might be encapsulated in like one project or one goal uh, but the complexities of it are very dense and very deep 
And so in situations like that, uh, I tend to just want a lot of information. I want a bunch of, not only do I want a bunch of facts, I want a bunch of information that is like sort of true or false, right? But I also want a bunch of perspectives because there's subtlety in what you do with those facts. And so it's very, as we've discussed this topic, uh, there, I just want other perspectives almost all the time. Even if I go to a trusted source, someone that I tend to think of as an expert on something, I'm generally not going to just get that piece of information. I like the other information. I like going and hearing other perspectives. You uncover the complexities of what you're trying to figure out and you just get a better understanding of it. So I think the answer, <laughs> long-winded answer to where do I go is I just go to as many places as I have time for, as is reasonable, given the task at hand. And we we have, every time we talked about this, bumped into why you like Reddit. Um, and so that's what made me notice that you tend to chase, you're like, I trust. And then you mention a source that's like Reddit is not a Reddit's not like a, a person who studied a whole bunch. Like I wouldn't call Reddit an expert. I would say they have a really effective algorithm for surf surfacing like the type Value. of content that you want to consume. But if I had, if I was going to press you to mention people that you trust, I think we both get to the same answer, which is you have had a massive amount of interaction with them while they essentially problem solve. And you've watched them do that and gone, yeah, that person is right all the time. You cited friends, you know, people that you have meet, like meet, meet space interaction with mm -hmm. in the media space it, there. It's it. That's why expert gets so annoying because now you're like, well, and, and so the people that I ended up answering for were all in that, in sort of a virtualized space. I don't know them personally, mm -hmm. but I have listened to Tim Ferriss interview people for 800 hours or something because I've listened to his podcast pretty regularly. It's the same with people that I listen to on politics, people who I like to listen to for f philosophical reasons. And I feel like we're curating the same thing, right? Which is just sort of like a, like a, a system by which to learn about the world around you that feels like it helps you make decisions or something. <laughs> um, and the idea of an expert just slots into this space of like, well, you need something to lean on, man, because you can't do all the research, which I think is a new phenomenon. The idea that you can't do all the research, probably a very foreign phenomenon well, to have, be even popularized. Just, even just the thought that you can do any of the research is a new phenomenon. And then we very quickly reach the point where, hold up, no, wait, we can't even come close to doing all the research again because now there's this overload. You're interested in studying the complexities in the interaction of facts over just, here's this fact because that's how it is. And you should make a decision with it. Yeah, there just aren't very many things like that. <laughs> so, and in today's world, if there is a decision like that, you just look that up. I think we should use the TV example as a jumping off point here. So if you're, if you're like researching what TV to buy, which 
granted maybe most people don't do that <laughs> they just go buy the tv that's that's down down the street and on sale uh but if you're like researching a tv maybe there are 10 features that matter right there's like different types of screens there's contrast ratios there are different types of remotes there are like different plugs that go on the back right and so you look up all these facts and you're like well it's it's a fact-based decision i'm gonna look up these things but then you start to get this interplay of how those facts work with the tv like okay well now i'm gonna hook it up to these other things so it needs to have these ports but all the ones with these ports don't have this type of screen or or lacking that type of contrast ratio so you have to go back and you're like balancing things then you go read an article well what what do the different types of screens actually do and what does that mean for your viewing pleasure and you're like well this one only works at 20 degrees off center so that means one of the seats in my living room people won't be able to see it when they come over and so you quickly spiral from this thing that's just this dumb technical it's just a stupid tv but as you research information it just becomes endlessly complex uh which is both interesting and often not necessary like i don't really need to know all that crap about a stupid tv i could buy the one down the street that's on sale and i'll be fine but I, I enjoy that that chase, and I think a lot of people do. And in that pursuit, uh, it strengthens all of your understandings. There's just more to that. Understanding the plugs on the back of a TV apply to then all of electronics. And any topic like that that you dig into like that, the foundation of information just expands and explodes, compounds. So it's it's a funny like it's funny that you chose. TVs to talk about, right? Because I've I have been working at the edge of digital video ever since I've got out of college, basically. And so I've had a lot of conversations with you in a lead up to purchasing a thing that was like, okay, this is what I have access to, but where is it technologically? Will it be good for a long time? And so I've had this TV now that works great. It's big lcd panel that at the time was pretty cutting edge and it was way more expensive than it should be right you can get what i have now for 400 bucks it cost me four thousand. but working in production like we wanted to make sure we were producing content that would look good on that big crisp for the time computer or something like that monitor tv i don't know it's my tv now but it started in the production office and has migrated into my life as like, well, the best I've got is that thing at the office. I'm not using it anymore. Um, but your input on it at the time was there are currently two companies that are allowed to produce because of the patent, the thing that you're talking about. And so it says Samsung on it, but a hundred percent it's coming from this one factory that's allowed to make it. And it's the same as every other one on the market right now. They're just putting a different UI and a different label on top of it. And you were like, buy the cheapest one you can find. Certain parts. Exactly the same technology, right? But only with regards to the stuff that they're talking about. It's higher resolution. It's higher whatever. It's higher, you know, like there's all this other stuff you understand because of the engineering background where you're like, all the rest of that, it doesn't matter. It's standardized. And in that, that's a space where I was like, this dude knows what he's talking about. And I made a decision (laughs) and it really cut down the research time on that thing because I didn't have to, it's like, like our conversation about cameras in the third episode or whatever, watching you do that research. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to ask him what the best camera is at any given time. At that moment in time, I was definitely a foremost expert on consumer digital cameras the current state of and, consumer and the technologies camera. going into them right uh, um but that that took months 
of research. And that was just to buy like a, a strange niche camera. So. And so then I start chasing, what is it that I trust in that methodology that I watched for research over the, over the course of that year? Cause we were working on the podcast and stuff like, uh, and it kind of comes down to a thing that ties back to the Tim Ferriss thing, right? Like his whole, his whole deal, I think is just about how to learn things, which is a really nebulous skill to say you're an expert in, but it's what I'm talking about. If I say you should listen to this guy, he, he knows what he's talking about. Watching the application of a methodology for, for researching the answer to a thing is what I'm paying attention to. I think like there is, so when you talk about expert, you're talking about a measurement of this idea of expertise, right? Which I think as a broader concept is the idea of they've dialed in a system for all the things that we just said we value. Um, the problem is you need a system for finding experts. <laughs> well, you don't if you just decide... Look everything up yourself? Uh, no, if you just decide that anyone who tells you they're an expert is an expert. Which is what a lot of people... Which is what people like our president... Yes, I'm going there too. Our president has just told people that he's good at things. And a lot of people just believe that he's good at them because he says that. That is like the title of his book. Tell people you're cool and people will believe that you're cool. It's the title of like every self-help book because it's true. It generally functions that way. But it exposes this horrible underbelly of the human psyche where if someone tells you something, you tend to believe it. You're not supposed to do that because it's it results in problems like Donald fucking Trump being president of the United States. People need to earn your respect. They need to earn the title expert. And unfortunately they can't earn it by a third party in my case if someone if i'm going to get information from someone it's because they've spent time proving themselves to me in front of me and it's not meant to be insulting i want to i want to learn from people and i'll give anyone a chance but you don't just get to be an expert because you say you're an expert and so we've realized that part of the tension around this idea of experts which so this is what's hard is the effort to do something like science communication as an idea is, is it exists in this space of experts declaring someone ex an, an expert is a really effective way of just going, you know, you should listen to this person, you know, like it, it media necessarily has to co-opt the concept of someone has expertise in order to quickly deliver things. Right. It's like, if you want shit in a 30 second nugget, it's going to be doctors say that perhaps this pill kills you. Right. It's like, and they just leaned on this, the authority, like, and, and so this gets us An to appeal this to authority conversation of authority. Right. Yeah. Right. It goes back to the logical fallacy piece, but you need to use that in order to make it that fast. So in a world of media delivered at the speed of Twitter, I just follow a bunch of people where I'm like, they seem to think about shit the right way. <laughs> well, it's there. That's a really troubling way to present. All that of these things are to build like they're all extensions of just a pure label of expert. Right. I mean, you talking about Joe Rogan, you've spent hundreds of hours listening to conversations he's had. And in those conversations, you've seen him interact with 
hundreds of other people and you've heard him talk about hundreds of different topics. And in that process, you have like, you've learned about the person, you've learned about the information they know, you've learned about the way they present it and analyze it. You've probably gone and read more about things he's presented and realized that his perspectives were of interest or of value many, much of the time. And in doing that, you've just put your own label of expert on, which is really no different than he went to a particular school and got a particular degree and now has these credentials. But it's it's your own experience. And it's interesting because someone else might have spent the exact same amount of time listening to the exact same episodes of Joe Rogan talking about the same topics with the same people and come to a different conclusion because their mental model is different. All the information, all the topics were maybe just not of interest or maybe they disagreed on a lot of things, right? Like there's all this alignment that happens with trying to classify and find experts that is subconscious in some way. Uh, And it all leads to the idea of, it all leads back to the piece that caused us, caused me so much frustration in our last episode, which is the idea that people People get frustrated with me for like double checking conversations that I have. I, I don't want to be get stuck in my perspectives because I get lazy. I, I want to constantly be looking for uh, new information and new perspectives and new ideas. And you just can't get that if you fall back on on particular things. If you ever consider someone else an expert or you ever consider yourself an expert, you're immediately starting to fall behind. There's an overlap of this with social interaction and personal relationships where when you think that way about stuff, you frequently, if you want to stay friends with people, have to sort of like back out of these, you know, like, and so what I was saying was that I usually, it results in conversations where it's like people want to talk about politics and the way that i tend to back out of that is just to say like, man, systems are complicated and I have no idea what's going on there, (laughs) but it all comes down to this complicated space where this idea of like an algorithm for how to make decisions about the world in your, in your meat computer is, it has to interface with another meat computer. (laughs) And it gets really, uh, like squishy. And so we have these ideas of like, they call it credentialism, right? The, the idea that if you can rack up degrees or credentials or certifications or third, which is essentially all just third party systems for certifying your level of X, then you get to put these letters after your name, which I do with my letters. <laughs> like I, you, you get a certain extra degree of authority you in a job search people are like huh i'll take a look at that that guy that gal like it's funny because everybody knows that on on many levels those are very meaningful but also on many other levels and often the 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 levels often the things that make more of a difference those things don't matter like job hunts for instance if you're hiring a mechanical engineer i have a mechanical engineering degree does the interview stop there is it is it just a toss-up now against me and all the other people that have mechanical engineering degrees no you have to dive into all these subtleties around what it means to be an employee there how is this person going to interface with other people what's their personality like what's their work ethic like 
<clears throat> there's just such a depth to everything that it it's a disservice to uh to consider people experts <laughs> it's a disservice to them and and i i think honestly this is i mean this is purely just my perspective on the subject but a lot of the people that i would that i would go so far as to put the expert label on tend to be the people that are humble enough to admit that they're not an expert on the thing that i would say they're an expert on because you can't possibly be everything's too complicated and so here's what's interesting about where that intersects with what you do all day <laughs> for a job y- reset you... passwords on computers for people yeah mostly <laughs> <laughs> mostly myself <laughs> mostly myself oh yeah just help people log into google or guide people to the right menu to find the thing that they're you know <laughs> in the edit menu in that world you don't even like i was going to say you're a fan of credentialism in that space because you want to you're assessing computer protocols but it's not even like credentialism in this idea of like oh something demonstrated value i mean you can have it in the space if you're talking about like security audits and stuff but i mean more like if i don't cooperate with the tcp ip protocol i just don't get to be on the internet there's no like gradient of credentialism or expertise. You're in or you're out with a computer system, right? It's this like stark inflexibility that you spend all day trying to build systems that can be starkly inflexible. They really can. Because if they're not that way, the thing just goes and, and you doesn't actually work. You actually purposefully design them to be that way. <laughs> right. One of oh. the philosophies of, of a language I do work in is there should be only one way to do things. And that way should be simple <laughs> and easy to understand. <laughs> but they do like, so when you're talking about machine learning and stuff, you're getting into this space where we, we've talked about it before, where like a, a uh, an AI algorithm returns us like a, a AI is a bad way to say it or an inaccurate way to say it. But the, idea with how machine learning works is frequently not so much that things can be yes and no it's we're going to give you a confidence score that we that this is how we say it is and what we're watching is those confidence scores continue to increase and they continue being right and when that happens now you can have more variables than just yes no but immediately the system is a little more is squishier this is an awesome example that i can't believe hasn't come up yet in in the hours we've spent rehearsing this this topic and trying to do it that's that's we've we've found these these things called computers that are really good at making like absolute finite decisions really quickly based on information and you're seeing this over the last like 10 years that's what a binary system is something built on a binary system is just yeah the only options are yes and no and you build a system and computers are fantastic at at giving you yes and no's and they're fantastic at taking lots of information and producing finite responses and there's some tasks that we do as humans that that performs perfectly on but very very quickly you realize most of the stuff humans do and the things that humans stand out for as being exceptional at compared to computers uh are all the things that are just more complicated than that. And it turns out that almost everything is more complicated than that. And so 
you have this emergence of machine learning and artificial intelligence, which really is just at its core is really just taking those finite leveled things and throwing a whole bunch of them in there and then letting the computer kind of guide itself, which is really no different than what the person does. You just don't realize it because your brain is really good at hiding from your consciousness the fact that it's processing 10 million different yes no questions to purchase the tv and i think that overlaps with the thing that keeps coming up with the expert episode which is the idea of that confidence score is essentially a more rigid than than human like measurement of authority and so if that thing consistently returns this confidence score of a hundred. I think it's this thing. And you're, and and we keep looking at it and going, oh, you're right. And then we realize how stark that is. Then, then you can lean on that algorithm with binary clarity. At least it feels like maybe. With a certain level of certainty with its binary clarity. Yeah, exactly. Right? 80% right? of the so time, it's right 100% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> So the whole idea of an expert is it can't be binary. It has to be this. It's just, it's just, there's way more data points running through your meat computer in order to give something an authority score so that it can, you know, like try to make this decision. Well, I mean, with the back to the TV, I I don't know why I'm stuck on that that example, but if it feels relatively simple, but still relatively complex, you don't know when you buy the TV that you're buying the best one. And you don't even really know what the best one is in your situation because there are tons of things you're trying to optimize for, right? So you not only, in most situations in life, not only do you not really have a clear question or not only is your question actually dozens of inter interconnected, sometimes opposing questions, but the answer is never, you're never certain either. You're always, you're always, there's always a confidence level. And so that's true about, gosh, almost everything. There's very little that you can throw out that you that that really at its core, and I don't just mean this philosophically, really at its core is just not, you're not sure about. And it's just, I think it's so important to recognize that. You don't have to be pained all day with every decision you make, which I probably do. I probably add a lot of stress to my life with the level of depth I try to go with like everything I want to know and understand. But it's really important to recognize it. And it's really important to talk about it because sometimes it is it is a matter of life and death. And sometimes it's a matter of life and death for lots of people. And if you're not aware of how important and how if you're not aware of how complex everything is, then when it really, really matters, uh, you might not you might not take the time to really understand what you're doing. And that's and that's can be disastrous. And you know what? It might be disastrous for all of us right now. <laughs> the end of the world approacheth because people put too much trust in experts and then don't take the time to understand things well enough. Really, it feels that way. But I think so. What I think I think the place where this gets really gets weird. I do think that you know for us the answer to the question who do you listen to we end up answering with someone whose algorithm for making decisions. I've assessed everyone else gets a sort of, yeah, man, that's persuasive, but I, I know there's no answer. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, and if they want to push it, like there is a yes, no answer. I start to struggle with that interaction. 
And sometimes I panic and just go, uh, I don't know, man. I, I gotta go to the bathroom and then I never come back to that conversation. <laughs> I gotta go uh, refill my drink. I'll be right back. Ah, shoot, I shouldn't have said it. I'm definitely not coming back. <laughs> uh, the way we are presented with experts and knowledge uh, as children through academia, through uh, religion, because uh, that's an early exposure to information and stories and, and uh, how to be in the world, and just from your parents and stuff, you're presented, experts are often early in your life, uh, not only supposed to be kind of like your teachers, but they're also the person who is supposed to keep you in check and be responsible for you behaving. And I think that early interaction might really mix us up as to how we're supposed to re- respond to experts. Because when you're young, uh, your your parents just have to say, that's just the way it is. Stop asking me this this stupid question again, right? I told you, here's my answer. You just have to do it. We've got to move on. And you, I think over time, you probably get a little mixed up there because you're like, well, this person's supposed to be an expert and they just gave me their expert opinion uh, and they're in charge and I'm just supposed to listen to them. Where in reality, if your parents had an infinite amount of time or your teachers had an infinite amount of time, they would sit and debate the the specifics of that thing that you're asking about with you and you would learn that they don't have an answer there's not a clear answer all the time and the idea that they're in charge of you and just had to say hey you're a child and you have to do this and we have to move on that's totally separate from the idea of them knowing what's best and 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 quote unquote knowing things and being experts right so we mix these things up where people i think have this this gut reaction where i've established this person as an expert in my life and thus they're also supposed to kind of be in charge of me i'm supposed to do what they tell me to which is totally mixing things up we're crisscrossing and as an adult no one's supposed to be in charge of you (laughs) you're supposed to be in charge of yourself you're a grown-up it's great to have (laughs) experts tell you things and it's great to take guidance and relinquish the pressure of having to make your own decisions sometimes that's that's really healthy uh, and again, that's probably a great area that I'm horrible at. I would be much healthier if I just let other people help guide me sometimes. But you've got to be aware of it. You've got to be aware of when you're doing that or it's disastrous. But so here's a piece where, so to go back to the credentialism, right? Like let's chase that to the meat computer space. That's just the effort to come up with protocols by which you should trust or not trust people. And where it gets really interesting when you talk about the stuff that I've studied Passing the bar exam means that you've passed the government's bar for how good you need to be at law to be trusted. Is that like, the actual reference of the word bar or is there some other legal? Is it well, like the there, bar we've said in law or does it mean something else? There's a bar association. I have no idea, honestly. No, I, I think it refers to a... This is the bar set by the lawyers. Yeah, I think it's an old... <laughs> an actual bar? <laughs> it's a common law term, I think from the structure of British courtrooms where you have to walk up to a a fence and put your hands on it in order to speak. So you have to approach the bar in order to speak. And so bar associations decide whether or not you're allowed to approach the bar and talk to a judge. What if it were a secret society that no one really knew about except people who passed the bar and just like a series of really sweet bars around the country that you only get to go to if you pass the bar? But this got us to the the note at the end here, which, which is like the idea of, that that protocolism that that like 
that credentialism, the fact that you look at the letters after someone's name and you go, Dr. Say, and you're like, okay, that's probably alludes to a group of people that have passed this state license exam to have the government go, okay, you're good to talk about this, at least at some minimum level, or to have you know a certifying association. But the funny thing about it in the legal space is what... <laughs> Like what lawyers are certified in doing is reducing ambiguity from a computer system so that meat space interactions can go as smoothly as we hope, given their complexity. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what they're there for. Smooth meat space. Supposedly to smooth out the meat space. Smooth it out. Smooth out that meat space. But what you said when that came up was that you, as a business owner and entrepreneur, have been frustrated by the fact that you can never get a straight answer out of a lawyer. Yeah, it's, it's, it was, we were talking about it as an example of where someone who is considered an expert usually for the thing that you're talking to them about, you go hire a specific type of attorney to help you with a very specific type of thing. They're very good about telling you that they don't know and they aren't sure. And it's partly because they're regulated in some capacity or another. They have to do that. It it screws up their business. It screws up their client. It might even get them in legal trouble if they misinform you. But it's a really good example of you are asking you can ask i've been in this situation i will ask the same question like 15 different times slowly distilling it down to get some sort of meaningful information out that i can act on uh often because i don't want to pay for them to go do more research <laughs> but it's, it's it's you don't get that type of response from very many people not very many people are willing to say i'm not sure i'm not certain and you don't i'm not saying everyone should be like an attorney oh i, I can't tell you let's move on but there, there should be more self-reflection when you're sharing information uh, about how you really feel about it, which is something that comes up a lot when we talk about the value of podcasts and listening to spoken word conversations, is that even if the person doesn't present that in a conversation as a human because of the way we process language, you can kind of pick that up. And you can pick up when people are really confident or struggling or not sure uh, in a casual conversation that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I it's it always when I have dealt with lawyers, which is a really important space as a business owner to to know how to navigate. I had a head start because my parents are lawyers. But in terms of how it made me think about the world, when I had somebody come in who was in that context, whether it was a coach or a therapist or another friend or whatever, like it's it's always been with this sense of how did you get to that conclusion and it bugged me when i had lawyers who i was paying a lot of money that would just go do this and i'd be like well you got to talk to me about why mm -hmm. and they're like nah <laughs> and, and you know that's been my experience with that so as well right if you don't if you don't go further into it you end up with problems later there's there's an interesting phenomenon going on right now in the world that I think is, uh, it's more exacerbated than I've ever seen it. Uh, it's again, it's much like this episode. It's one of the reasons that we were inspired to start our podcast. And it's the idea that no matter who you talk to, 
I think that that almost everyone seems to have classifications, groups of people that would be considered experts by other people that they strongly dislike and distrust. And it it's all over. I don't think anyone's exempt from it. Some people dislike scientists that work for the government. Some people dislike scientists that work for corporations. Some people dislike self-proclaimed scientists. Some people dislike uh, dislike business CEOs. Some people dislike uh, fitness instructors. Like there's everyone has this. There's this very strong polarization between uh, where who is an expert and what circle. What's what. What surrounds an area of of understanding uh, that you either trust or don't trust? And everyone's like very stark on it right now. Well, but it's the first time since we've been recording, although it was a thing that I had, that you've mentioned this idea of trust, right? Like this idea that you trust that like it kicks back to our decentralization or Bitcoin episodes, right? Like there's this computational idea of how much you trust the data that you're getting. And that's that, that's that competence, the confidence score, right? Like what that algorithm is telling you is how confident it is. It is like to what degree it trusts that this is an answer it should provide to you. But what I think is interesting there is like all of those people you listed are people who are now in order to continue to provide this service, whether it's for nefarious reasons or not are all sort of applying this idea that we're chasing for the 50th episode, which is scientific thought, you know, like the, the thing at the core of that is not the binary systems we talked about this. Yes. No thing that you're trying to figure out the core of the scientific method that I think current science at science education, maybe misses the point on trying to explain is the rule, like the golden rule of scientific method is you you can't prove things. You can only disprove things. Mm-hmm. And when you don't understand that that's what scientific thought is and you start to act like you've applied science to things and then people that consider themselves scientists chase it down and go, oh, I just found a place where your system breaks. The whole thing ends up squishier. Although everyone is trying so hard to apply science to everything. They're uh, frequently misunderstanding the fact that it's like, if I can find one thing that disproves you, then we're done here. Well, first of all. you always will, because that's how science works. Like You're supposed to seek peer review and judgment, (laughs) essentially. First of all, really good job bringing this back to kind of like where we're headed and segueing both out of this episode and into future episodes. But uh, this endless rabbit hole that we're that we're spiraling around. But I think there's it's an interesting time right now because the the proliferation of complex topics, the proliferation of really deep information, the broadly available. uh, You can go look up information on absolutely anything at any depth that you want to go to essentially, right? The whole uh, history of human knowledge and understanding and pursuit uh, of information is is essentially publicly available, right? So I think that it's happened so quickly that humanity as a whole, our group mind, our group thought, which essentially is what like pop culture is, right? Is what what trends and, and news and media and everything reflects 
it can't catch up. It hasn't caught up yet. And so specifically around the idea of the scientific method, something that was really narrowly applied previously by a very small subset of the population is extremely broadly known now. The general idea, right? The sentences that that define what it is, but the application of it uh, is is not very well experienced by most people. And not just the scientific method, but all kinds of complex academic pursuits and and sources of information and experiences, right? Philosophical and spiritual and physical. All of these things, everyone can read about them now. And we spent a long time in a period where the only place to get information that you hadn't experienced was from a book or from an expert. The fact of all of those people that you just listed off who are, you know, exhibit expertise or whatever you want to call it. Like they, the trend we have now run into fed at ever increasing speed by the internet as a communication medium is at its core, people trying to apply the scientific method. And that gives me hope because there is this underlying thing that bumps up against the like authenticity engine of the internet, which is, well, did you do science on it? Then there's an argument about what science is, but Generally, the underlying thing that people maybe don't realize is science is supposed to be about this golden rule that everything's just a theory because it could be disproved. And if you disprove something enough times, then you can not come back to it, but you can never prove anything, right? <clears throat> like, Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting space, right? Because you've got... Uh, I'm about to take us off topic. I'll just not even bother. <laughs> it's about to go too deep into the scientific method component of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's what the 50th episode's well, for. The, uh, <laughs> the the thing I was trying to say earlier, maybe this this is helpful too. Um, we're at this interesting place in the history of uh, humanity's information store. Right. It used to be spoken word thousands of years ago. Uh, it turned into written word. It turned into the printing press. Uh, the internet now has this explosion where essentially everything we know that a human has ever put out of themselves, right? Written down or said is available on the internet. So you can go look up any depth that you're interested in. You're not restricted anymore to what you catch on the evening news or what you can check out at your local library. You can go get like every academic paper. You can go get podcasts from hundreds of thousands of people and all the thoughts they've ever had and news reported from thousands of people at every event. And so we're at this place where the really complex stuff is available for everyone. And the really important complex stuff is getting exposed to everyone. And so like the concept of the scientific method People are taught that very young because it's so profound and it was such an incredible creation and so important to a lot of the things we do. Uh, but it's very complex to understand it and apply it. And where it's applied, it's applied in these very deep, difficult... It's applied to answer these very deep, difficult questions. And so now the whole world's aware of these complex things and the whole world is eager to learn more and eager to go deeper and eager to apply this stuff in ways that makes a difference and allows them to make better decisions and to make the world a better place. And I think most people's intentions are very, very good, but everyone, including me, has this 
surface level understanding of a lot of stuff. And you go and you dive into things and you're like, I'm an expert. I spent the whole afternoon on on some website. What, what's a good website that just has like great newsy articles? Snopes.com or the one we talk about all the time. Wait, but why? Uh, or or Board Panda, right? They have these great articles that dive you into these really interesting things, but you still end up without like an applied understanding of these really complex issues. And so everyone understanding what the scientific method is, is very, very different than the very small percentage of the population that uh, knows what it is and applies it on a day-to-day basis to do things, to come to conclusions. Uh, and so the experience component has not caught up yet with the availability of the information. And that's that's the piece that we need to figure out how to do better. We need more experience around these big complex subjects so people can really feel in their gut what it means to use the scientific method. It's very different than listing off the couple rules that define it. Right. So when I think it's... It's tricky, though, because you have to start from those rules, but we start with them when you're in fifth or sixth grade. And so what I think is interesting is this is the more nebulous piece of the Internet that we get keep coming back to. But it's this this idea that, like, it's just pop culture, you know, writ large and humanity's use of the Internet to persist, like to to make the idea of popular culture persist is this sort of underlying quest for authenticity. Whenever you describe Reddit as the place that you get your news, those are the stories you always want to tell me. Those are the stories that the founder of Reddit wants to tell. Um, there's also a lot of chaff. And so well, Reddit is a Reddit is not where I get my news. It's where I find the little string to pull. You know, it's where I find a topic where all of a sudden, not only is the article that someone linked to neat or the maybe just the silly infographic or the silly image is is interesting and compelling. And then Reddit's a great place to see other people's conversations. And so you can quickly browse through a whole bunch of uh, interesting angles on something without really going too deep. And then you get to pull back the curtain and really dive into the subject because you're already on the Internet man. <laughs> so you can go from Reddit to absolutely anything you want. You want to go watch feature length documentaries from a hundred different producers? Do it. You want to go look up scientific research papers from the top hundred universities? Go do it. It's all there and you can go as deep as you want. Well, and and that results in the ability to create this sort of like authority bubble right? Like it's not just an echo chamber, which it is the same ideas probably bounce around in there, but it's also sort of this bubble where you've curated a world of who you, tr- who you, who you hold to have authority on the topics. And the thing about Reddit is the stuff that surfaces on there is it's not based on doctors say that blah, blah, blah. It's like 30,000 people in this community voted that right now this is an interesting thing to see. But then it's just an article from some other place. So like sometimes it's just a thing that some guy wrote on Medium who has 200 followers, but somebody found it and put it on Reddit and now, and they blow up. That's what's so neat about information sharing on the internet is, granted, there is absolutely a 
unimaginable amount of complete crap that is also really popular. But this perspective is different for everyone, but I come across stuff every day that is absolutely brilliant and takes my breath away that was produced by someone who may or may not be considered an expert on a subject, may not have a degree in that subject, may not have any credentials whatsoever, but they're passionate about it and they took the time to really understand it and produce something that absolutely floored me and changed my perspective on the world. I am floored by something interesting written by someone who probably does not think they're an expert on the subject almost every single day of my life because the internet enables information like that to be shared and found and sent around. And if I just had to wait for Noam Chomsky to publish new philosophical papers that blow my mind, my philosophical adventure is going to suck. It's going to be every six months I get a new paper. But it doesn't work that way because everyone who's passionate and dives in depth into a topic and most importantly doesn't just accept the idea of there being an expert and goes out and becomes what they feel gives them expert superpowers around that topic, that person's going to produce something amazing. And and that's why the idea of an expert, it's useful and it's functional and it's real, but don't settle for it. It's also a pretty obnoxious part of just what is essentially a meat computer algorithm, right? <laughs> like, because the central component on Reddit is still people making a decision about a thing. And you just came up with a really good aggregation mechanism for that opinion. But then there's also the satisfying piece where occasionally... Arnold Schwarzenegger has something to say on the topic, and so he does. <laughs> is he an expert? Ah, constantly just back to him. Oh, my God. Okay, I feel like that's topic. a pretty good place to get out of here. Deep place, um, deep hole. What's the moral on experts? The instant that you allow yourself to decide that someone else is an expert or that you, more importantly, that you are an expert on something, you are falling behind and you are doing yourself a disservice. You are not an expert on anything. You can be absolutely brilliant and you can know know unlimited amounts of things about stuff. And that's the whole point. Keep searching. Don't give in to the idea of an expert. You have to make daily decisions sometimes. You have to buy a TV sometimes so that you can watch TV. But you can always know more. And you can always know more than someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's it. You're done. That's the mic drop gif personified. I think that revealed my secret motive there, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thanks for hanging out for another one of these. Woohoo! Special thanks, as always, to our backers on Patreon. Throw us as a little buck, as little as a buck an episode. Or as much as a million dollars. And you can come hang out in our Slack channel where we work through this kind of idea for 10 hours before we... You actually get to listen to it. You'll get a mug or a t-shirt, too, if you if you donate a million dollars. A million? Or, five, or even just five dollars. Or even just five dollars. <laughs> what the budget is there. But, uh, engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Enjoy those internet rabbit holes. They don't know what I know. Everything they I just described, we could leave to let people freely assume was my penis. <laughs> Glad we started recording. <laughs>